Welcome to the Warner Brothers Podcast. I'm Kyle, joined by my brother Keenan, as always. Keenan, there's two less of us today. We were supposed to have a, a quad box show once again, but yeah. it's just me and Keenan. So that means, hey, it might be a little quicker show, but that's okay. Um, I got to say, on Brandon and Tim's part, classic, some sort of racism there. There's got to be some <laughs> sort of racism. Uh, yeah, at least Brandon, Brandon was let, nice enough to let us know. Why he's uh why he's unable to make it? Tim did not. I don't know what's up with Tim. We'll have to talk to him Thursday. Yeah. Assuming um, so he, he'll be on for picks. Yeah, he's but, MIA uh, right now. I um hope everything's okay on his front. We hope Tim's alive and well. <laughs> I hope, absolutely so. hope he's alive and well. I am alive and well though. I'm doing well. Like very excited. Whether it was four two or just me doing a solo, I would have been excited to talk all these games. These games were <laughs> magnificent. So. Uh, we had we got a preview of us both going off a little bit on live take. Check us out on live take. Check out the live take app. But Shout to live take. now we got a day to digest, really break down what we thought, what we feel, and let's get into it. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's go in reverse order. Let's start yeah. where we would have started, regardless where you have to start, and that's Bills Chiefs. Um, Keenan, my heart still <laughs> breaks for the Bills fans. Like I, I genuinely. Gen, I don't. I haven't felt this bad for a fan base in quite a while. Like I can't even remember. Uh, I mean, the example I gave last night was when Rodgers went down in yep. the first drive. I felt bad for Jets fans just because they have had to deal with so much shit front office wise. But the Bills, man, they've they've had great players come through their franchise. They've had competitive teams throughout their history. Uh, they do nothing wrong, really. Like they've had a couple. They had they had probably like a, I don't know, maybe a decade stretch there during the Pats run where they were in and out of being relevant. But overall, yeah. like, didn't really do anything wrong. Just maybe selected the wrong quarterback here and there. Yeah, and they, they just, just had, they just had quarterback problems because like between obviously their '90s run and now they didn't have a whole lot. At quarterback, I can't even remember honestly in the early years who they had. I just know they had Bledsoe. Oh yeah, they did have they did have Bledsoe. They had Bledsoe after, and then they had, you know, it was like a carousel after that. Whatever, whatever. As teams go through, yeah. But man, from from the first Super Bowl, the first wide right, and then to lose three more Super Bowls after that, most of them blowouts, and then. You finally get your quarterback in Josh Allen. You got these, for the most part, exciting teams who are competitive and can go toe to toe with the Chiefs, uh, and then to lose to them via 13 seconds, and then now this wide right two. Yeah, my heart just breaks for them. It really, it really does. I've we've been on the other side of heartbreaking losses in the Super Bowl, namely yes. uh, 18 and one, and you were a bit younger, like so. I mean, look, Keaton. Every time I think of that, all I think of is as soon as they lost, as soon as the clock hit zero, I remember this vividly. You Again, you were younger, but I looked to my right and you were asleep on the couch. And I was like, I would give anything to be him right now. Like, I would give yeah. anything to have not witnessed what I just witnessed. Like, 
I'm, I, I feel like I I'm, was in and out in that me. second half. I was in and out in that second half, and I do remember. I remember waking up to like, wait, what happened? And then we lost. I was like, wait, we got oh. the fuck out of there. I don't. I don't remember. I remember it hit zero, and we 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 all just we just dipped. It was the worst loss imaginable. And then of and then for the me, Giants later on. But I was gonna say for me, like obviously I was younger than. For me, that was the 2012 one. Uh, because obviously the the sixteen and no one hurts more because you're almost on the verge of the best season of all time. You still had the most wins ever in a row and season in one singular season of all time. But yeah, no, that was the because that one high school. Uh, shout out to Tyler Sambo. Randomly enough, he was a we, basketball team. He was a Giants fan. I was. Patriots fan clearly he thought they'd win I thought that the Patriots were gonna win I ended up having to wear oh I can't remember what jersey it was their linebacker I can't even think of what what his name was but you know that one was tough because the Mario Manningham thing happened on the sideline you I was like you've got to be kidding me you could play that play over 10 times Eli hits it one more time probably you've got to be kidding me that was it was the best throw of his career by far it was a dot. And I was like, you got it. There's always there's in every Patriots Super Bowl, there is one play. And before we really talk about this Chiefs Bills game, the I got so excited thinking about the playoffs. I went back today and watched like the like the long highlights of the Falcons versus the Patriots and the uh, Seahawks versus the Patriots. And I felt the adrenaline almost of when I was in the moment. There was so like I forgot how great the like how great Tom was, especially in that second half against Atlanta, because I was just wanting to see, I was just watching great quarterback play, and some of the throws Tom made, it's like when he got into a certain zone, it was over. Like, it, the defense didn't matter. It didn't matter what you called. It was just, like, whatever lane and whatever throwing pocket he could put it in, it would have been, it was perfect for him. But we can get back to Chiefs, Bills, and I do feel bad for that organization. I do feel bad for everyone over there. Tyler Bass, I hope he's doing okay. Cause like that is a tough pill to swallow for him. He's like my one job I didn't do properly. And that's a re that's the reason why they lost quote unquote, even though they would have only been tied, but that's how he feels. And it's unfortunate. Yeah. It's a tough job being a kicker. You know, you lose on a clutch field goal. And again, they still had, they held Pacheco a little bit, on that first run of the very next drive, they very well could have got the ball back, you know, and then he got eight yards and that was pretty much the game. Then you got an easy second and two. So, I mean, he, you can't put it all on him, but man, I mean, that's the life of a kicker, right? Like you just, you know, you miss, you miss the ones in the bright spot and it's unfortunately going to overshadow everything. Uh, He's actually like an 85% kicker for his career. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's, well above average, I would say, right? Yeah. So as far as what the baseline for an NFL kicker is, I'm assuming. But, yeah, it's just tough. It's just tough. And they really, I would say in the first half, it seemed like the Bills were outplaying the Chiefs. Um, yeah. Third quarter, the Chiefs took it over a little bit. Fourth quarter, all hell broke loose uh, from the fake punt to <laughs> the Miko Harmon fumble to a touchback to the Bills' defense stepping up when they needed to, to Josh Allen fumbling the ball. And there, I believe it was Dawson Knox or Kincaid, one of the tight ends, hit it out of bounds. Uh, 
like everything seemed to be falling for Buffalo after the the fake punt, which I completely disagree with. I thought that was one of the worst calls. It was like fourth and five. Maybe throw it there. If you're going to run a fake punt, throw it. Because yeah. that five yards yeah. from, from a punting formation, even if you got one guy off, I know Romo explained after that it was 10 men on the field, and that's why they ran it. Okay, run the fake punt if you want, but what's going to be easier with one last guy is running. Everyone can just run to that spot. And, uh, you know, he didn't get much traction on that play. I thought the game was over then, much like everybody. Before you know it, the Chiefs are inside the five. And uh, then the fumble happened. And then literally all hell broke loose. And, uh, you know, fast forward to that last drive. I thought Josh Allen and, and James Cook and and everybody did their thing. And then you get to second and nine out of the two-minute warning. Uh, this almost sounds verbatim, by the way, to how I was describing it last <laughs> night on Leipzig. But, you know, second and nine, Romo said it when it happened. Uh, Josh Allen misses a throw in the end zone. He's like, man, like, didn't necessarily need to go for it all there. I'm not going to blame the game on that for me personally. But, you know, it was it was a blemish because he did have digs underneath there. And digs would have definitely got probably 12 to 15 yards and makes that at least a chip shot field goal. Uh, I was just surprised with that play calling on second and third down, mainly that second down call, just because of how well they were chewing up clock. I think they probably got that ball, God, with six, seven minutes left in the game, and they got it all the way down to the two-minute warning, and you're nearing the red zone. Uh, you know, to echo what I said on live take, i probably give James Cook the ball there on second and two, if not call something like a screen on second and nine, just to chew up some clock and chew up some yardage and – then they put themselves in a third and long. Then yeah. you get predictable, and then you, we saw what happened. They end up with a field goal. They miss the field goal. Defense doesn't do its job on that first and 10. It's tough. It's tough if you're a Bills fan. Uh, I genuinely thought they were going to win yesterday, like even down to that last drive. I really did. I, I bailed on the on the Hamlin part, on that Hamlin play. I thought, I honestly think, Keenan, if KC goes down and scores after that, I think McDermott loses his job. And rightfully so. Yeah, After that play call, like I, I was disgusted with that play call, as someone who was backing Buffalo yesterday. And uh, I do think his job's safe for what happened after. I mean, look, his team, his team played well, and I think in general, McDermott's one of the better coaches in the league. I mean, you'd have to put him in your top ten, but, and I don't think in general his job should be in jeopardy. But after that play, I, I was, I didn't even catch on the broadcast that Romo said there was ten men. Like I was so like just out of my shit when it happened. I was like, you got it. I can't believe they called that, you know, cause I had at Buffalo money line and shit. And I think that's when I was texting you and Tim, like, are you kidding me with your season on the line? You give the ball to DeMar Hamlin. Uh, I guess yeah. they were trying to get the comeback player of the year featured <laughs> on that I play. Guess. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, like that game, I mean, like we said, I'll let you go. Cause I'm talking a lot here, but I mean, the game started weird. It started with a weird penalty. I knew from right then and there, like it was just not going to be a normal game. And that fourth quarter was one of the more chaotic fourth quarters I've ever seen. Uh, mind you, like I said, it was only divisional weekend. We've got two crazy games coming up next Sunday. Yep. So I don't know. I loved it. That's that's exactly why we love the NFL playoffs is for the chaos, for the drama. And hey, Chiefs Bills brought it once again. Uh and we had three other good games, three other entertaining games. I know uh, Ravens-Texans wasn't the best as far as competitiveness, but it was at least entertaining. And we certainly got four competitive games. I'm going to let you take over. Yes. So uh, you, just so everyone uh, 
in all caps, season on the line and you run a fake punt for DeMar Hamlin with 14 question marks is I what Kyle said. Was it 14? Exact, I couldn't believe it. I, I think it was 14. I think I counted them very quickly at 9.04 p.m. Eastern Standard. I <laughs> uh, just, just wanted to say that real quick. But I was upset. Yeah. I'm like, we have that good of a game and it's going to end on this. Uh, and yeah, little did it, I know the score would remain. The score mm-hmm. would it was and still 27 24 correct at that point yes it was 27 24 then pacheco first play um i like romo like i always obviously reference new england that's the team i watch the most after a big turnover play action pass deep shot every time worked every time for new england i swear that was every single time right after that and i thought that the chiefs were going to try to just throw it get a big play to Kelsey and just rip the hearts out. But they ran it with Pacheco and damn near did the same thing. It was like a 25 yard run. He got down to the five yard line and then they run that little trick play. I thought they were going to give it to Rasheed Rice in the backfield, which I think I would have rather done anyways. I mean, hindsight's 2020, but I didn't really care for McCole Hardman to touch the ball. And then he fumbled it out of the end. And I'm like, okay cursed franchise maybe this is the reverse of the curse like maybe this is it and then josh Allen has the bomb to digs and just through the hands and you're like okay and then they get they do get it was a phenomenal pass pass. it was a phenomenal pass and he digs has got to pull that down if digs is who digs is he's got to pull that down um they get down into the red zone and i agree with you it's second and nine I'm not gonna lie to you. I would have either. I would have. I probably would have ran a read option. Allen was running all over the Chiefs defense for three, four yards. If because you know it's four down territory. I'd say like six, you, seven yards every time he had yeah, it. Yeah, it's and you know it's it's four down territory for the most. Depending, like obviously you can play around with it, but if it's fourth and one, you're pretty much gonna go for it, and it makes your third down play much easier. It's second and nine. If you get to third and four, your entire playbook's different, and the Chiefs have to play you a little bit different because then now you have the ability to get a first down. You can run much more clock, and then even if you do have to kick a field goal, maybe you leave 13 seconds. We don't know, but like you leave a lot less time for Mahomes to get down the field, or if any, in that case. But uh, anyways, he had Shakir open. He just couldn't step into it like he co- like he was able to, like he was hoping to. If he could have hit that one, that would have changed. That would have flipped the game, of course. He did have digs underneath. I thought he should have hit that. And then third down, again, I would have even maybe ran it on third down. like Or like, like something where he's kind of rolling out and giving Allen the option with his legs because his legs was the most dangerous part of him all game long. He was really gashing the Chiefs with his legs all day, whether it was scrambles or designed runs. But – those are the only thing really for Josh Allen that would have been really a negative for him unless the fumble was to happen, like actually been recovered, would have been that throw to Shakir. But Josh Allen played a very good game. That's not a game you really tear anybody down for. It's just a couple misplays, a little bit less execution down the stretch for the Bills. The Chiefs executed for the most part other than the Hardman play, but even then they still tried to give it back. But what I did, um, before, if you have any other responses, do that. If not, I actually have a comparison I want to make between uh, <laughs> between these teams. The, yeah, I just to reference that third down play because Josh Allen was rolling out and trying to throw something upfield. But I agree with you. Like even if it's a 
you want clock to go there even if you only even if you only get it to fourth and seven. The only thing you can't do is take a sack or get mm-hmm. an incompletion, and they got an incompletion. Or I mean, I guess it's not as bad because again, you're expecting the kicker to to make it. But the best case scenario for them for a field goal would have been like him picking up five yards and okay, you get it to fourth and four, even more manageable field goal. Yeah, it goes from a 44 to a 39. And like, and that those, that five yards makes a difference in how you kick the ball one and two. It was a windy, I, I understand the wind wasn't in the full factor of that time, but you saw how much it sliced. Like the wind was still a factor throughout the entire game. You heard Jay Feely talking about like in kicking conditions, like, oh, we're going to need to get him closer for this and this and that. So that's what I'm wondering because it seemed like, seemed like, I mean, I'm not a fucking kicking aficionado here, but it seemed like he, he definitely sliced it, obviously, but it seemed like he didn't follow all the way through like you would because, mm-hmm. it, I mean, I could be wrong, but it seemed like there was pressure coming from his left side, and maybe that's why he didn't go full extension and sliced it because just off the foot, it looks good. Just off the foot, it's going straight, much like that kick and I what I think it was, 90, 1990 90. with Scott Norwood. Yep. It's, it, it's up the middle, and then it slices, so... Man, just bad luck. It's just bad luck. I I truly do feel for Bills fans today, but yeah. Uh, so um, I want to hear your comparison. Let's hear it. So, and I, what I had to, what I thought was because obviously I was just thinking playoffs. I like to do comparisons. The Chiefs Bills is this uh, comparison would be Patriots Chargers, and Josh Allen's comparison to Philip Rivers is very. It's very close, closer than you would assume. Like the, I understand we think about it more like it's uh, Brady Manning, or but it's really net, but it hasn't been because Manning did get him in the playoffs multiple times, and I mean he got it was it was later it was later. This is a very I'm very hesitant to compare anything to the Brady Belichick era or Brady Manning especially because they just had so many years. Yes, even before the playoff appearances. Uh, they yeah. had a couple years there. Um, but it did start out similar to this and actually more atrocious for Manning. Like Manning had bad losses to the Patriots. The yes. I was just saying because even but at the time, the reason why like there was a conversation always between Brady and Manning was Brady was winning the Super Bowls, but Manning was like the best quarterback in the league because he was winning the MVPs. But then when it came down to that moment, but like Josh Allen's not. Josh Allen compares more to Phillip Rivers if you're going to come back to the era more than he does with Peyton Manning. And what I mean is, like, I mean, as of right this moment, obviously they're probably playing the playoffs again. They're both 3-0, and the Chiefs over the Bills, the Patriots over the Chargers. They've each played in one championship game, two divisional games. Obviously you have uh, the last one, both that they played, which was yesterday for the Chiefs, and the 2018 one, you'll remember, a lot of people were saying that the Chargers were going to win that game because they didn't think the Patriots still had it. And the Patriots went out and they beat the Chargers. They actually played a phenomenal game, ran all over them. But Very cold weather that game. Yep. Yes, and then yesterday the Chiefs were actually the underdogs. A lot of people had the Bills. Some people did have the Chiefs. I did, but again, if you saw the podcast or a clip that I, I was literally in shambles with, I had no idea, but I was like 27-24 Chiefs. Um, but yeah, but... Like they're Allen and Rivers, they're within two percent of completion percentage, about the same touchdown to interception ratio. Allen averages two forty one a game passing. Rivers is two sixty. And then when you go through the quarterback ranking of the time, 
you would probably have Rivers sitting at a roughly five for most of his career. Like uh, early on would have been Brady, Manning, Breeze, Roethlisberger, then Rivers. And then later on, it would have just been basically switching Manning for Rodgers. So Brady, Rodgers, Breeze. And then he would have been in that next conversation with the Tony Romo, depending on who else you had and depending on the time frame exactly. Uh, Big Ben earlier in the 2010s, but not later because obviously he became a shell of himself. But he was yeah, always... Was, in the 2010s, it was certainly your big four was Brady, Rodgers, Manning, yeah, and, Breeze. And then after that, you probably had Ben Roethlisberger at five. Yeah. And then after that, it varies. Could be Mike Vick one year. Could be Romo, like you said, Eli Flacco. Uh I mean, they were all Rivers was always like top Rivers was always from anywhere from like four to six to me. Like he had he had down years after after there after the late 2000 late 2000s into the early 2010s. He had a little it was was actually after the um, the 16 and 0 Patriots season. His torn ACL they, season. He, he played with a torn went, ACL. Yeah, because yeah, he went fourteen and two, and then they yeah. lost in the championship game, and then now he had a little bit of a lull. We'll see, obviously, because it's always hard to make by comparisons. But then I would say Allen's probably your four. I would say Allen's definitely right now for this era four. I don't think I think you have to have <sighs> Bur- Mahomes, Burrow, and Lamar ahead of him. I don't. I, I think you have a real argument with Lamar. I know Lamar's going to be a two-time MVP, but two-time man, Josh MVP. Allen. Josh Allen has been lights out in the playoffs and he continued to be lights out. Like he's not the reason they lost yesterday. Uh, He had that incredible third and 13. That was the play of the game. Uh, And you can't really dispute aside from Saturday's game. Josh Allen is much better in the postseason than Lamar. So I was going to say he's Allen's had as Allen's had a few better games than Lamar in the postseason. I absolutely agree with that, but I would say Lamar has to be, I don't think you can be a two-time MVP, get into the same place that Allen has at the peak, and then not be better than him. You can be. I mean, hey, if he shows up Sunday and lays a fucking egg against the Chiefs, he absolutely can. Uh, Because, I mean, Josh Allen, I'm not even a Josh Allen fan like that, but you just look at his postseason stats, they're up there with any quarterback. They are up there with any quarterback. Let me... I have him here. I was going to say he's 21 touchdowns to four picks. Um, he has played, I would say. Q- 100 QB rating on top of he's that. He's played career. three. That's- he's played two absolutely amazing games. He's played three really good games. And then he's played a couple bad ones. But, like, obviously, yeah. I'm not I'm not saying that's a bad the bad ones were early, and look for someone who we know. I mean, I think this in year, last year, last year he this, didn't. He, he played bad against the Bengals, last right? Year. Yeah, that he, wasn't a great game. That wasn't a great game. Uh, but for someone we, 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 we get down on him for like his turnovers and his decision making. He's only got last year. He had three turnovers in the run. He had, excuse me, he had one other turnover in twenty twenty, mm-hmm. uh, which he played great in. I mean, four career turnovers, and that that's something we would call a weakness of his. And for the most part, he, again, aside from last playoffs, seems to take care of the ball. I mean, five touchdowns, nine touchdowns, three touchdowns, four touchdowns. That's great. I mean, that's that's inherently great. So, I mean, I can't 
he's certainly it's on record he is certainly a better uh playoff performer than lamar at this point lamar again has to he can write that wrong on sunday you know he gets a super bowl run and there's not much we can say but um you could give lamar the nod for the mvps but overall it's pretty close it's pretty close it's not a definitive josh allen at four for me um and on, I mean, I, I don't got the stats in front of me, but I mean, I would guess his regular season stats overall, especially given when he came into the league, he's got to be a little bit ahead of Burrow. I mean, I would have Burrow as the second quarterback, but Allen's also stayed a little more durable than both Burrow and Lamar. So, I mean, you got a true, if you're a Bills fan or you, you know, you're a big Josh Allen guy, I think you got a true argument there for Burrow or for Lamar, even given the MVPs and the Super Bowl trip for Joe Burrow. Um, but that's only because Josh Allen's play has been pretty outstanding in between those years. I, I, I think would it's personally an take I would say that. I would take Burrow and Lamar before Josh as of right now. And I I get I get what you're saying. I do get what you're saying. I would take I think for me, Burrow and Mahomes, Mahomes Burrow, I'll say it in that order, are like two of my locks. I think that just I think already the success I mean, Burrow and healthy is an AFC championship game, at least for you. So but here's far. the thing. That's and a then, real question now going forward for Burrow is when healthy. That's going to be a real yeah, no, question it is. for the and if he his do, career. It is. And if he does, if he gets hurt again, like a serious injury hurt again, then I absolutely get it. Like it's now, it went from being like, oh, it's fine, that was a freak leg injury, to now being semi a concern. So it's something that you have to worry about going forward. And if that's what you're purely ranking on, then sure, I kind of get it. But, like, if you're just taking quarterback for quarterback, I'm taking Mahomes, I'm taking Burrow for sure. And if you want to have the conversation with Lamar, I don't hate it, but I would personally have Lamar a little bit ahead. Um, and then, obviously, if in, if this week on Sunday, I think it's at 3 o'clock. I'm surprised they didn't have the late game. But it's at 3 o'clock. They and switch every si- year. Yeah. AFC, no, AFC, NFC switches yeah. each year. But uh, so if I buy 6-10 – we're talking about wow, this Lamar guy finally got the Ravens to the Super Bowl. Then I think he solidified probably at two. To be quite honest with you, like I mean, I mean you had him at one going into the postseason. No, I had him. Yeah, because that was banked off. That was based off specifically had a lot of this year tied into it, and you have to be like as a, being an MVP over my. I thought you said it was, it was 80, 80%, 80%. It was. Past I mean. Performance. Yeah, That's so you had a lot of so you had a lot of past performance there, but then you have the twenty percent of there's going into the playoffs. They also have the twenty percent. That's literally the twenty percent of the fact that this is the year. I mean, Mahomes was barely a Pro Bowler. I don't believe Josh Allen, Josh Allen was not a Pro Bowler, and then you have Lamar, who's going to be the MVP. That is a sizable gap on how you played during this season, which is what changes that. But no, if I'm dra- if if we're going off who drafting Josh Allen probably should have been a Pro Bowler this year though. Yeah, I mean he probably should. I mean C.J. Stroud could have been. They gave it the nod to Mahomes, but like again, that that's a conversation. He played at a Pro Bowl level. So did uh, there's a couple other quarterbacks that played at a Pro Bowl level. But if again, if we're going to draft quarterbacks, like if I'm just starting next year drafting quarterbacks, it would be Mahomes, Burrow, Lamar. And Lamar might jump ahead of Burrow depending on how he plays next week. But it'd be Mahomes, Burrow, Lamar, then Josh Allen, then maybe That's Matt really... Stafford, or C- I'm actually maybe like similar like <clears throat> CJ Stroud possibly at this point because 
you're you're going to the next season, but like that's interesting. I can't definitively, and again, Lamar's my guy. Like out of all those, like Lamar's probably my favorite offensive player in the league for sure. Maybe just all around player in general. Lamar's probably my favorite player in the league. But look, if he would have played, if they would have lost on Saturday, we would not have Lamar ahead of Josh Allen, and that was literally his first like standout playoff performance. So. I think there's a true argument for Josh Allen versus Lamar if you're going top three there. And we'll, uh we'll definitely see again, moving forward because I was gonna say at this point, Josh has also had a lot more opportunities. He's played twice as many games. Mm-hmm. Um so I and like in Josh, I'm not trying to just own but in Josh's fifth game was when he had his first great game. Um so Lamar in his fifth game, he's had his first great game. Like his first one was against Houston. That was the random hurdle that looked or the fumble that just a very he tried. Chaotic game. He tried to lose the game for him. <clears throat> then he played a good game against Indy. He had a three twenty four, two touchdowns, no picks. Then had against Baltimore actually. So head to head with Lamar. He played. He did play better than him there, but he was two hundred and six yards and a touchdown. He didn't really play great. He did fumble in the game. And then they lost to Kansas City in the division in the championship game, and he didn't play great there. And then that, like from that moment on, since then, Josh has really only had one bad game, and that was against Burrow last year. Because that right after that, that was the five touchdown game against New England and the four touchdown game against Kansas City. So if Lamar goes on another three game stretch, we're going to be looking at his playoff stats a lot different. But as of this moment, all clearly Allen's got him in the playoffs, like statistically wise. Clearly he's got him. So, but that's why you play that's the a, games. When you play in the that's playoffs, a fun you know, argument. That's a fun argument. It's a fun debate to have. It really is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, hey, I mean, you'd almost compare. I mean, Embiid went off for 70 tonight. You know, if Lamar has a bad game on Sunday, that's very Joel Embiid-ish because Joel Embiid kills it during the He goes the, from Giannis to Embiid. <laughs> <laughs> right? And then. Because if he goes to he get the, the championship, round. it's Giannis. Like, he can, you compare him to Giannis. You get the great MVP and then go on the second. Oh, you get it. It's Embiid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Embiid hasn't made it out of the second round. He'll put up great stats during the regular season. So, you know, I could see the comparison to Lamar there. Again, all predicated on how Lamar plays Sunday. But uh, I don't know. It's interesting. It's I've never thought about the Josh Allen Lamar thing until you just gave me that ranking. But I mean, he has a true argument. It's hard to say. Yeah, there's three quarterbacks that play better than Josh Allen, especially when you see how he played. These last six weeks, I know he had some crazy turnovers, but, you know, we were saying going into this game, like, hey, Josh Allen didn't turn the ball over in the first round. That's definitely got to change going into this Chiefs game. And he almost had that fumble, but he tried. He tried. probably should have had the fumble, but <laughs> he, he no picks, no picks. He really took care of the ball. He didn't really throw um, any like really interceptable balls. He had like no. one that was, I think Nick Bolton had a chance to get his hands on, but like everyone throws at least like one or something like it when it wasn't one of those ones like Brock Purdy threw to Darnell Savage where it literally was like in his lap it was more so like Nick Bolton would have had to make a nice play on it so it was only like one really interceptable ball and that's all you can really ask for from an Allen I just want to uh I want to put a bow on this I don't know what the Bills capped situation or draft situation looks like next year um but I've been saying all year, or at least the second half of the year, I've been saying, hey, this AFC looks wide open. Like, there's two quarterbacks in particular who really need to take advantage of it 
it's Lamar Jackson, it's Josh Allen, right? We know what happened now, and we got Lamar on the championship game versus Mahomes. Cool. But, man, looking forward next year, the Texans are going to be there. The Jaguars are probably going to be there. Like, I know I, I, you know, I talk my shit about the Jaguars, but they're still a young, talented team. Who's to say they're not going to be better? Uh, overall, the AFC is probably going to be tougher next year. Even just the AFC East, you're going to have Rodgers back. Who knows what that looks like? Uh, Patriots with a new regime. Um, and the Dolphins. Dolphins will still be competing. So, yeah, the Bills very well could be in the AFC Championship game next year and still competing. But point is, it's going to be harder. Uh, the NFC even is going to be tougher next year uh, with the Packers and, you know, all these young teams that have stuff coming up. Like, it's just going to be a tougher road going forward for the Bills. Yeah, I mean, you've got to think right now. I'm going to quick – I'll quickly go through division by division. So you got the Bills. Um, you've got the Dolphins. Those are going to, they're a formidable opponent. We'll see what kind of changes they make in the offseason, but they're going to be tough. You've got the Jets. Well, again, you might have Aaron Rodgers. You might find something. If you do have Aaron Rodgers and he's at least 85% of what Aaron Rodgers you think he can be, that's already a playoff caliber team. We don't know if they'll make it. Then the Patriots play them tough always. Their defense is high quality. Gerard Mayo being a linebacker, I think that defense stays around that same quality. Offensively, he was, he was the DC. No, I was going to say, I was, was say, so. Um, obviously, you know, Bill just has his touches on it, so I don't want to say the exact same. But then offensively, we'll see what happens. Maybe they get a we get a nice quarterback, we, whatever we get. But there's no reason why the Patriots shouldn't be better. So that's the AFC East. That's already a tough division. Then you go to the North. The Steelers always find their way around 500 football, so they're going to be tough. Uh, you've got the Browns, who with Flacco is doing something. Hopefully they can find themselves at least a Russell Wilson maybe type quarterback, and they can be competing again or Deshaun Watson we'll see what happens with that saga Bengals will have Joe Burrow back and the Ravens might be in might be hosting the Lombardi here soon um we don't know the Chiefs you've got the Chargers if they get a real coach over there which looks like they could get a hardball look like you go get someone else but if they get a real coach they're scary the Raiders with Pierce are going to be a tough team you never know what's going to happen with them and then the Broncos with Sean Payton those at least four those are four good coaches, and that's all you can ask for. You can hope for four good coaches. You have to see how the players play out. And then the Titans are probably going to be one of the worst teams just because you lost Vrabel. But, again, you never know. But you lost Vrabel. But then you've got the Colts with Anthony Richardson. They're already tough this year with Gardner Minshew. They should be on the up and up. We never know. We'll see. Uh, the Texans look like they only can get better with a lot of injuries. And then you have the Jags who – if they have that guy in Trevor Lawrence and the way the changes they should make, they should be like, really the Titans are the only team as of right this moment. I can, I can definitively, and maybe the Broncos, depending on their quarterback are definitively like they can, they're not going to be in the playoffs. And that's right now. Obviously everything can change in the off season. So again, this is the year and hopefully Lamar can take it because if not, if the chiefs in a down year get to the Super Bowl. It's looking dark for the AFC because that means because they can just go get a couple other pieces wide receiver wise. And then their defense is still young. That's going to be the same defense next year. Uh, the only thing is, is Travis Kelsey is going to be a year older, but you still got Patrick Mahomes and he might Rasheed Rice is going to be a year better. So yikes, Ravens better do it. <laughs> it could be yikes, but uh, we can move, move on to the other game since we're going backwards. Uh, let's, big uh, let's, the, oh wait, sorry. You want to go somewhere else? I'll, 
Yeah, I was going to say, let's do AFC first, then we'll do NFC. Okay. So let's, let's tie go. a bow on Ravens-Texans because yeah. we're Bring talking Bring it right about into Lamar Jackson talk. I like um, it. Dominant performance. Obviously, his best performance of his postseason career. It was great to have him back. I cannot wait for Sunday. <sighs> I don't really have much to say about the Texans. I mean, look, you're facing a seasoned playoff team. Regardless of if Lamar hasn't played well there, he's at least had a few games, right? Uh, you got players like Odell. You got Harbaugh, who's been through the trenches with the Ravens teams in the past. So it's still a seasoned vet team. And on they got top the best being, defense in the league. Like yeah, on top of being <laughs> on top of being the number one ranked team overall going into yeah. the postseason, right? So it was a lot to ask of the Texans. Uh, they didn't even get it to the Ravens twenty five. I saw the entire game, so it was a rough goal for them. You literally couldn't have asked more. If you're a Ravens fan, like that's the best possible performance you could have gotten. And you got a true dual threat performance out of Lamar. Um, you have to feel good about your chances against KC going into Sunday. I mean, the Bills had success running the ball, like great success running the ball against the Chiefs. To me, that's the strength of the Ravens offense is the run attack, which is crazy because they're down their starting backs like they've been through what seems like eight different backs this year and it doesn't even matter who you put back there they're gonna produce so you yeah they're giving Dalvin Cook run and he's looking good again (laughs) exactly and you couple that with uh with the defense how the defense is playing you got real like you said it's the best defense in the league arguably you got real uh threats on the defensive side of the ball I mean and you got a home game against Mahomes can Mahomes do it again that's going to be the question. We'll talk more about that Thursday. But you have to feel good if you're a Ravens fan. You're not, <clears throat> excuse me, you're not one of these, hate to say it, one of these cursed franchises like the Bills. You don't got a pedigree of that. You've had some heartbreaking losses, sure. But, I mean, you've really got to feel good about your they, chances. They typically came at the hand of Tom Brady. So, I mean, you're not, the you don't have Empire, to worry. The baby. Yeah, I was going to say, you, they typically came at the hand of Tom Brady. But, for me, what this game solidified for me is something I've been saying for the last since the 49ers game, which was actually I kind of went into the 49ers game saying it, but I thought the Ravens were the best team in the league, and I think they're definitively, for me, the best team in the league. For me, they definitively have the best defense in the league. That defense has, an all, has multiple all pros on it. So like on every level too. So like their defense for sure is top notch. Offensively, you've got a, clearly an all pro at quarterback. You got the probably MVP, um, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, Dalvin Cook. They can run whatever. Keaton Mitchell, when he was in, I think they're going to miss him just a touch. I think they could win with him out without him anyway, but I just like the punch he has out of the backfield. He had a lot of speed. Obviously, J.K. Dobbins was talented when he's healthy, but when he's healthy is really the question. They're getting Mark Andrews back. Uh, even if it's only 85% of Mark Andrews, the fact that he's a threat on the field with Isaiah Likely, uh, Odell knows how to play in big spots. So you got a guy who can make big time catches for you. Uh, Rashad Bateman starting to become more and more of a threat. Big body. Zay's back next week. Uh, yeah. As I say, Zay flowers, uh, is showing to be a promising rookie. Like they have everything that they need in this game because right now they have the best offense in the AFC and they have the best defense in the NFL. So, I mean, they they are poised to beat this Kansas City Chiefs team. And honestly, I mean, on paper, it should be by 10, at least. I understand the Chiefs have a good defense, but the Chiefs offense, I know it's been looking better as of late, but 
This is the same team that held the high-flying Dolphins to 19. They held the 49ers to 19, picked them off multiple times. This defense just held, obviously, C.J. Stroud to 10. There has been electric, so that really what it took away. It was like, I'm glad Lamar had his great playoff game. Hopefully it continues, and this Ravens team is the real deal. They should be. They should be. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, as we sit right now, I truly have no clue where to go with that Chiefs-Ravens game. But then you put it like that, especially on the 49ers end of things. Like, I know the quarterback's Brock Purdy, and that would be their weakness, technically, of their offense. But if you can hold the Niners to that, and you can outplay the Niners to that level, I get it's Mahomes in an AFC championship game. But there's a version of this game where truly the Ravens, like, run away with it. There really is. Like they could you could you could tell me this game's gonna be a 21-17 battle, 21-18 battle, something like that. But you could also tell me, like, okay, Kyle, it was a blowout on Sunday. Like I didn't watch the game. Someone just it was a blowout. Oh, it had to have been the Ravens. You know, I could see a world where it's 34-17 Ravens. 34-20 Ravens. The only outcome I could not see would be a Chiefs blowout. I think exactly. that defense is too good. That defense, that defense is too would good. have to shut Lamar. All I was the gonna say it, they would have to get like ten or less, because if they get to seventeen, there's no way it's a, like, I you would only have a Ravens blowout, Ravens close win, or Chiefs close win. Then Chiefs, in my opinion, cannot blow out the Ravens. The Ravens defense is way too good. But I mean, we've seen crazier things. But they, I, in my opinion, they cannot blow out the Ravens. So the Ravens, again, we'll talk tons more about this on Thursday. But you can't yeah, tell me that you can't tell me the Ravens can't just take they can pretty much take kelsey out the game if they wanted to kyle hamilton's a is a freak they can <laughs> roquan got, smith is a freak like, like i know kelsey got some legitimate freaks on that defense yeah for real like i know they kelsey got two touchdowns and it was a really good kelsey game like it was a throwback performance and i know like you would tell me like kelsey low-key like closed the season well okay cool but he still doesn't seem like a threat, like in the way even Isaiah Likely is now. Like Isaiah Likely can break open plays. Andrew is is a reliable blocker as well as a receiver. You know, he's just a security blanket. Mm-hmm. Kelsey's become a security blanket, and we saw that yesterday. But, and if you take Kelsey away from, what do you have, eight receptions yesterday maybe? You get yes. that down to five, and you're certainly not getting, you're not getting 15 to 20-yard receptions out of Kelsey anymore. You know, you might get the eight yards and, and him – digging in after that you're getting the yards after catch but man if you get him down to five receptions and they're not big receptions they're just kind of intermediate receptions i don't see how the chiefs can beat them at all at all unless pacheco's running for fucking 150 on him which he no, could he's they, running he's running great this postseason and you know the the ravens got to run defense themselves but that would be that would be the only way if you're telling me kelsey's negated because we know mahomes is going to be looking his way and you're telling me it's on rasheed rice and it's on Pacheco, okay, well, Pacheco better be on his bullshit because otherwise you're going to need Rice to turn into goddamn Jerry Rice. You know what yeah. I mean? Because, yeah. you know, the more I'm talking about it, the more I just – I'm struggling to see it. I'm struggling to I, see it. This would – this one, this would be – and I know they've – to me, this would be the most impressive win over the of the Mahomes-Reed era, and they – and they've clearly won two Super Bowls. But in those Super Bowls, I thought that last year – the Eagles are a better team, but I did think the Chiefs are a formidable opponent against them for sure. And I thought I predicted the Chiefs to win the game. And then the one again in San Fran, 
I thought that they had the better team. I also didn't trust Jimmy G, so that already put that out the window. Um, but that that would be the best win of the Mahomes Reed era if they won this if they win this game. I will be I'll be surprised. I don't want to say I'll be genuinely shocked, but I will be surprised. Yes, if they win this game, I'm I'm kind of alluding to what my pick is already, but I don't think it was really. Hey. Like a, a question from me, I, I would be very surprised if they pull out this win. Hey, I mean, I thought the better team lost yesterday. I really do. I mean, I think, you know, I know I said on Thursday and stuff, I was like, hey, if I'm betting this game, bet the Chiefs. Like, absolutely bet the Chiefs. You're getting them on two extra days rest, and you're getting Mahomes as a two-and-a-half-point dog. In some mm-hmm. places, a three-point dog. Like, you take that. And then the closer and closer I got to game time, I'm like, man, how is this Chiefs team going to generate yardage? And, of course, they did. And Mahomes, to their credit, they went less vertical than what their offense usually is. They really kept it, you know, traditional drop back and, you know, we're going to get rid of the ball quick. And, you know, Mahomes played a great game himself for sure. And uh, the Bills defense, of course, is banged up. And that would have been my only trepidation. But I'm like, man, gun to my head. Both of these, I knew it was going to be a crazy game, but I really thought the Bills were just going to come out on top. I thought they had more pop at the end of the day. And uh, yeah, they just didn't, wasn't meant to be, unfortunately. But, you know, yeah, I no. say that to say I can't imagine the Chiefs really like taking it to the Ravens. I would, see, no- I would have to see, it would have to be the Ravens just not playing their A game. And that would involve the defense playing extremely well, which is possible. But, Man, I have a hard time. I, I had a hard time yet yesterday, really, because the Bills, if the Bills were at full strength on defense, which they haven't been for some time, but even if they didn't lose a couple players last week, mm-hmm. man, it would have been very hard for the Chiefs to really, I mean, yeah. they're in a lot of these games because of Pacheco. Of course. And, uh, and if, the, if the Ravens can get up even 10 points, yeah, I struggle to see it. The, I struggle the to see Ravens. It there's a, and I'm not just being hyperbolic here. There's a very real world the Ravens could be undefeated this season. They have led in the fourth quarter in every single game. And they, they threw the game away against the Colts. They threw the game away against the Steelers. They fumbled the game away against the Browns. They, there is a real world where they could be. And then obviously, the, if the Steelers game last week of the season, they rested their players. So, I mean, like, maybe they lost one. But, like, there's a real world where they could be either 17-1 and or 18-0 at this point in time. So, in this Chiefs, like, the reason why I thought they were going to beat the 49ers, they get home with four. They led the league in sacks, and they only rush four. So you have seven and you have seven dropping back. They have a very intricate defense that is very good. We're going to see how Andy Reid, Matt Nagy, Patrick Mahomes can deal with it. But yeah, um, that's what I, I got to say on the Ravens. I'm going to talk more about them when I'm probably picking them on Thursday, which is not a shock to people. But the NFC will be a shock. <laughs> the NFC, I mean, I don't know. I really don't know where I'm going with this yet. Well, let's moving- uh. Let's do Niners Packers first and we'll end with the Lions. Okay. Uh, Man, guys, I was close. Very close. 24 21. Jordan Love has the ball to put it 28 24. I was close. Everything that I said the game needed to be was Aaron Jones ran crazy. They threw, Brock Purdy threw him a couple. Didn't want to catch him. Uh, Red zone, they held, they did hold him out of the red zone. They were holding him sometimes to field goals. They just 
they didn't make the plays. It was just a young team didn't make the plays. Jordan Love obviously tried to throw across his body. I think you just need to throw that away. Obviously, Turn he knows that. We, we all we all know that he needed to be Aaron Rodgers there and not Brett Favre. But he ended up turning into that other Green Bay guy and Brett Favre. Fair enough. Um, but they play. I think the Packers played a very good game. Put a scare into the 49ers and. This is a for me when I'm going on the 49ers side. It's a glass half full, glass and em- like half empty game for me because like it's half full in the sense of like Kyle Shanahan monkey off his back. He got the finally when he's trailing in the fourth quarter, he's got to win. Especially when he's trailing by seven in the fourth quarter, he got to win. Brock Purdy late drive made play six to seven on the drive. I think for 47 yards. Obviously McCaffrey ran it in at the end, but Brock Purdy was making throws, made plays. And then the other one was, you can run on this defense. You can, if you get protection on the outside, uh, Tredavious Ward, Traverius Ward has been playing well, but I can't, Thomas, I can't think of his first name right now, but you can throw on him. Ambry Thomas, there we go. You can throw on Ambry Thomas. You can get, you can throw on this team in the right situations if you scheme it properly. And for the Lions, they have Ben Johnson, who's one of the best coordinators in the league, who's probably going to be a head coach here within the next four weeks. We don't know yet, but that's where it's trending. So the they they have a problem on their hands with the Lions, and the Lions have been playing great football over the last six weeks. I'm going to hold those stats that I have there until Thursday. But the, the 49ers had a tough win, but it's a glass half full, half empty game for me because I think they have real – some real issues, but I also think that they're still a very good team, and this is a nice, resilient win for them that they needed. For sure. I mean, look, the Packers outplayed them. Yep. The Packers, if you want to say they should have won that game, sure. I mean, uh, you know, they started the game off with, what, at least three to four long drives and only got six points out of it. Yeah, they they got Uh, to the red zone. The first three drives, they got to the red zone every time, and it was a field goal, then a Jordan Love fourth and one that I thought he got. But you know what? It was really close, so I can't – they called it on the field. They kept Wills on the field fine. I thought he got it, but it's literally splitting hairs. And then they got a field goal again. And then then they started to get a couple touchdowns, but that was the beginning of the end. They could have put the game away early. Like, that could have been 21 nothing theoretically. Like, obviously, if they score three touchdowns, like they did against the Cowboys. And it, they could have tried to put the game away early. But they yeah, didn't. Yeah, I mean, look, we saw the the rain. That was really the story of the game to me, was the rain. Because that affected Purdy greatly. Uh, and he mm-hmm. got his shit together, especially in that last drive, that, that throw to Jennings on, a, what, it was a third and very long. Yeah. Um, that's the play of the game if you're a Niners fan or if you're, if you're on the Niners uh, and look, they had Debo go out early. I do think if Debo plays that game, this game's not necessarily close. Uh, but at the same time, it shouldn't really affect you that much that Debo's out, given all the weapons they have. But again, that's where the Brock Purdy gripping the ball, that comes into play, I guess. But the Packers, I mean, hey, more than a formidable opponent, uh, had a real chance to win that game. Obviously, Jordan Love throws that pick. They're going to be uh, this year's Lions where everyone's going to be picking them to go deep in the playoffs next year. Everyone's going to be picking Uh them for the division next year. You can already see it. Rightfully so, too. They deserve it. Rightfully so, yeah. And just thinking about that, the NFC North, that's going to be a crazy division with the Lions, with the Packers, and with the healthy Vikings, whether Kirk Cousins comes back or whatever. Caleb Williams might be in that division, too, with a a bunch of Justin Fields and some some pieces. So, like, that entire – that. 
the NFC North is turning into the AFC North real quick. Let's assume. Let's assume. Let's just call it like this. Let's say Justin Fields comes back and they trade one of the picks for pieces, right? And that's an eight and nine team. Let's say that's it. Then you got them and the Packers, and then you'd probably relegate the Vikings to last. But what if they got Kirk Cousins and that defense played really well this year? It was a top ten defense. Yeah, but Brian Flores. I was going to say Brian Flores, Flores could be is a head coach. Yeah, again. But Flores no, could but, very well be a head coach this year, so maybe they lose something off their defense. So that's something to look forward to. But I mean, look, if they that's a tough division. That could be a uh, winning division. I mean, again, like I said, the, like AFC the AFC North. North. I was yeah. gonna say, like that could be a winning division where every team's nine and eight or better. Because that's a that's a gauntlet. Those are a tough. It was already a tough six games because the NFC North has always been a tough division for like within the division. But man. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really tough one. That is a really, really tough division. That's gonna be that's gonna be fun next year. Um, I checked I checked the weather for uh for Levi Stadium, which I believe is in Santa Clara. Yep. Uh looks like it's gonna be a seventy degree seventy degree day and cloudy on Sunday. So no rain. It um, looks like there's been there's rain surrounding it like a couple days before and a couple days after, but it's not on that day clearly, which is all that matters. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, the Lions will have a chance for sure. If Debo plays, it's going to be hard for me to envision the Lions winning on the road. It would have to be because, I mean, you're going to hear this from every single buddy who's analyzing this game this week. But if, you know, Purdy gives you two, the Lions will obviously have a chance. They have an explosive offense of their own. You're going to get a Dan Campbell special at some point on Sunday. Like, I can, I'm just trying to, picture what the crazy play is because he's going to have some insane play early on in the game maybe late i don't know where it's going to be like a triple reverse back to jared goff i don't know what it's going to be he's got a he's like say that. he's got a fake he's got a real fake punt coming right like he's got like he's not got like coming. he's got one that's like not audible into in like smart like you're going to see like jameer gibbs out there like what is he doing out there and he's going to throw a pass or something stupid like he's he's going to have a true like in that game, because I do feel like it's going to be close. I feel like in that game is going to come down to like one fourth down, the crazy player, and like one crazy play that happens, and like the obviously the deciding factor of that. So I can't. I we very more. well could get. I'm more excited game. for that game than I am the AFC game. But the AFC game really? still going to be great. I really, really am. I really am. That's interesting. I really am. I, I am. I'm looking forward to this. AFC game. I mean, look. Oh, I think that like I have a, if if that one's for me like a nine point two. This one, the NFC right now is like a nine point five. Like, don't get me wrong. That's it's not like I'm. It's not like I'm like saying this AFC game is gonna be boring. But it's Mahomes on the road AFC Championship game against your MVP. Who can best who? This is a that's the that storyline. True is, heavyweight match in baltimore uh, you and are and i and think 49ers 49ers lions to me that's like a heavyweight with a light heavyweight moving up a division see i don't i see i think the, i think of the lions differently than you do i think they're a real team i really i, think oh, I didn't say team. they're not a real no, team. no 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 I'm no, no. They ain't I, a heavyweight I, yet they ain't no heavyweight they ain't the niners now they ain't the was, chiefs or the or the or the baltimore ravens i mean they're, that's where i'm at i mean they're I don't think that they're far off from the 49ers. I really they don't. might not be. They might not be, but, well, but I do think I, the Niners have more defensive talent than the Lions. They have more defensive talent for sure, but the defense has been the uh 
the Lions defense has been playing very well since that Bears loss, and that was December sure. 10th. So over the last sure. month of six games, I'm, I'm going to go more in on it Sunday. Well, I'm I not saying they're not formidable, but look, there wasn't many of us. If there was a heavyweight, we would have had them going over Dallas. A lot of people had Dallas going there instead of the Lions. You know what I, I mean? <laughs> I, 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 right. I, no, I was just saying, I, that's what I'm saying. I personally believe that they are – Deser- very deserving and they're very worthy opponent. I'm not saying you're not. I'm just saying oh, no. I very much saying feel like they're in that conversation because I think they were the third or fourth best. I thought they were better than Dallas. I thought they should have beat Dallas. Obviously, that came down to that weird call at the end, whatever. But for me, it was Ravens, 49ers, Detroit, and then pro- and then probably the Bills and then the Chiefs. But the Chiefs, Bills, obviously the Chiefs beat the Bills, so... That was my hierarchy going into the playoffs and before. Actually, no, I would have probably had Dallas at four, honestly, because going in that, I would have had Dallas there, but then they just flamed out because it's Dallas. So <laughs> I can't – I don't want to kick them out of it. I thought they are really good. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I agree. I think the Lions are a great team. I think they're a, a very good team. I just wouldn't have them on the Niners level. And, of course, like we like we've been saying, that's why we play the games. We'll see Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's the NFL. It's any given Sunday, but – Yep. Yeah. Just like, just like I'd say for anybody. Good luck stopping McCaffrey. Good luck stopping Debo. Good luck stopping Ayuk and Kittle. On top of you know just the secondary options they have. Uh, the Niners have a lot. You could counter me and say the Lions have a lot. I do think this is going to be a good game. I do think this is going to be a close game. If it sounds like I'm leaning Niners, yeah, I'm leaning Niners. I mean, I had Niners Bills at the Super Bowl, right? Like, mm-hmm. of course I'm leaning that way. Um, but. So when I say, you know, the Lions are a light heavyweight moving up to heavyweight, that's exactly how I view them. You know, I, I thought next year was going to be the year we really look at them as a as an NFC championship team. And look, things broke the right way. Uh, if you're the Rams, you got to be kicking yourself because that could have been you facing off against the Bucks last week. Or I'm not sure if it would have broke exactly that way. But I mean, the Lions path really broke well for them. And shouts would, to the Bucks because no, the Bucks played really well. If the Rams would have won, they would have played the 49ers. Oh, no, actually, oh, yeah, no. They, wait, no, they would have played the Bucks. Never mind, because the Packers won. <laughs> the Packers right. are absolutely right. – no, right. they would have, right. would have played the so, Bucks. Oh, yeah, no, they would have and played then, the Bucks. So this, week, so this week it would have been 49ers, Rams, and they would have been feeling good about themselves because, like, obviously, as we've said before, there's a team we felt could beat the 49ers. Uh, one of the top three teams definitely would have been the Rams because of how – just because of divi- in division – uh, that offense and how Matt Stafford was playing, Aaron Donald's on defense, Sean McVay's your coach. He can match Kyle Shanahan as a coach, even though Shanahan has gotten the better of him. But mm-hmm. you go into that game thinking to yourself, like, oh, the last time they also played in the playoffs, the Rams, I believe, got the best of them. That was on their Super Bowl run. So, sure. I mean, if and, that game would have been interesting too, but this one's just as interesting to me. And that's, of course, it's just as interesting, yeah, but of course. I'm just going with my uh... – my 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 boxing analogy here with the heavyweights and such, uh, that's what I mean. Like if the Rams were to make it, to me that's a heavyweight battle. We know they've been to the playoffs, they've been to the Super Bowl, they've been in big games. Goff technically has been in big games too. He's been to the big game, of course. But the Lions yeah. as a whole, Detroit as a whole, this is brand new territory for them. Brand new territory. So don't think that won't play a factor. That's probably why the line's so high. It's a seven-point line. I don't know if it's gone down at all. I think that's a it's tad seven. high. It's seven. It's, it's seven. Seven. And look, if you're gonna tell me, if you're gonna tell me, hey, 
Niners winning a route kind of makes sense just because they've been there before. And that does that does matter. We talk about that in basketball and football, that, oh, they've been there before, they haven't been there before, you don't know what you don't know. In some cases, we were saying that about the Packers and the Texans, but we saw it with the Texans. We saw it this past week. There's levels to this. And, uh, man, I would say this. Luckily for Detroit, the Niners, it's not Candlestick Park. It's not their old stadium where that place was, like, rocking and, and, and intimidating when stuff got to, like, the fourth quarter, third quarter, big third downs, this and that. Uh, this new Sarah Clara, Sarah Clara, excuse me, Santa Clara Stadium is not quite that. Uh, it's a little bit more ritzy. It's a little bit more polished. It's the same thing. It's the same thing as Oracle, the Chase Center. To some the degree, same, yeah. It's same to some thing. degree, and I it's mean, the same area too. But like, <laughs> it's the same thing. The Chase Center. I mean, the, what Oracle when it was Roracle. 2015 2016 if Steph made a three in the second quarter you would have thought it was a game winner in game seven like the crowd was going nuts and then obviously the, they made so much money blah 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 a lot of th- a lot of factors into it chase center they have good real fans. fans the real fans got priced <laughs> out for sure oracle. i was gonna say they got they have good fans don't get oracle's me wrong but it's more, not uh, it's not as it was <laughs> oracle's more like the seahawks stadium though that's how that play yeah. i mean there there's some places you just can't compare to Oracle would be Chief say, uh, the Arrowheads. Arrowheads for real too. It's called cool. oh, Arrowheads no, for real. No, I'm there's, just thinking of some places where right Arrowheads for real too. Like Arrow, like they get nuts in Arrowheads. I would, I would say the majority of like, especially like like the Steelers have a really good fan base. Bills Mafia, like yep. all those. Like there's very loud stadiums. Arrowhead, Cleveland, even Cleveland. They have amazing fans. Gillette in the postseason. That's a real oh one. But all of them. Comp- uh, pale in comparison to, I think it's CenturyLink, right? That's where the that's where the Hawks play. Yeah, there's nowhere louder than that. Like that, no. you could be it could be week four on a Sunday, and it sounds like the NFC Championship game in there. Yeah. Like there's no reason it, for how Lions loud have really good fans. Shout out to the Lions. Lions, Lions are were going nuts. Lions I, I had love, great fans. I love the blue. Like they're waving the towels early on. It was blue. It kind of reminded me of OKC when they used to have like either a blue out, white out, or sometimes they'd have blue section, then white section. Like they went college, they went college sports on. And I was like, Oh man, this is a great, great environment. So I, I love it. But you're right. The Seahawks. It's a great, it's a great story. The, the Seahawks is like, you can't talk. You can't hear yourself talk. You can't hear the hearing. Like you're not hearing yourself. <laughs> like it, it is crazy there in Seattle, especially in the playoffs when they were on their runs going to what i mean even as you just said week four week six they're going nuts so it's but when they were really super bowl contenders like when the richard sherman the legion of boom day um they may have ran on the field every after every win (laughs) like they're that (laughs) crazy they might have just stormed the field after every win but yeah it sucks there's no nba equivalent anymore because it used to be just oracle and Oracle was like that even when the Warriors had bad teams, when they had yeah. good teams, when they had great teams. It didn't matter. Oracle always brought it. And, you know, we'll talk about basketball another day. But, I mean, there is some fan bases that still have it, of course. Celtics have a great fan base. Knicks have a great yeah. fan base. Great home crowds, too. Great home the, field, the, and home court The Knicks have the best but, basketball fan base. And I mean that in the sense of, like, they just appreciate basketball, I think, better than anybody. Like they, they like, if, yeah, like if the other, like if like someone else is going off for 50 in the guard, it's also like, it's the garden. So people want to play up to it. So I think that mm-hmm. they all, because you do have your, you, it's a very expensive place to go, but it's always been. So like, I've been, it's just like a star place to go. So like, I just feel like a basketball in New York is appreciated better than 
anywhere, not that other places don't appreciate it. Yeah, it used to be New York and Oracle. Oracle was the other spot that appreciated, truly appreciated hoops. Um, I'll throw Boston there, low key. Boston, Boston, Boston appreciates work. Boston like, gets uh, it. They appreciate. They, they'll work. appreciate I mean, a good be, performance oh, too, for sure. Like when Devin sure. Booker put a seventy up on them, they appreciated that. Oh, hundred uh, percent. Even appreciated some of LeBron's performances, even though that's a contentious relationship. They there, assem- they, 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 were, they appreciated Steph's in the finals, even though I hurt him, even though I shot you in the heart. For sure. For sure. <laughs> that 43 uh, shot him in the heart, but they appreciated it. But to get back to uh, to this game, no. I mean, I think like if we flipped this game and it was 49ers going to Detroit, Detroit would for sure have a home field advantage, more so than what the Niners have right now. Yeah. Um, not to say, I mean, obviously it's going to get loud. It's still a football stadium, but it's just not what it could be for the Niners. Uh, so in that case, you know, if you're a quarterback on offense, it's not going to be as bad maybe as some other stadiums. Mm. In that case, for Goff and the Lions, and you're going to have good weather. That's that's great for the Lions. J- uh, Jared Goff's not a good bad weather quarterback at all. If it was raining on Sunday, if it was raining, it would be just as bad for Goff as it would be for Purdy. So, mm-hmm. you know. There is stuff going in the Lions' favor. The Niners are the Niners for a reason, though. There's a reason why they were favored in every single game this year, continue to be favored in every single game this year. Um, and, you know, Purdy's got his limitations. It's always hard to evaluate him because of the weapons around him, though he does seem, again, formidable. I seem to use that word more so this year than ever before, it seems like. But uh, there's still just going to be a load. You're still going to have to deal with McCaffrey out of the backfield in the receiving realm. And if Debo plays, you're going to have to deal with him out of the backfield as well as receiving. I mean, we would have seen Debo much more in the backfield had he played more than six snaps. And that's why I think had he played, yes, it's rich to say this, but had Debo played, I really don't know if that game's even close. I think it's at least a 10-point game for Detroit, or sorry, for the Packers. And who knows, maybe they throw themselves back into it, whatever, whatever. But Mm -hmm. I think there was a lot of factors that led to that score. But I do also think Jordan Love and the Packers Played a great game too, but yeah, no. This is a this is a tougher game to evaluate because of all those factors of what we saw last week and how the Lions have been playing. And like you said, the Lions defense has been underrated the last six weeks, and they're just they're lights out. They're a lights out offense. But hey, Goff can throw you a couple too, just as well yeah, as oh, Purdy. Abso- so oh, absolutely, get him. This game, you, you, it's gonna, this, this game game's gonna come down to pressure. This game's going to specifically come down to pressure on the quarterback. Brock Purdy doesn't do great with pressure on him, and if the if Aiden Hutchinson can get after him, it could be a long day for the 49ers in the sense of he could throw you a few. And mm-hmm. then we know what Jared Goff is under pressure. So if Chase Young and Nick Bosa are getting downhill on him and he's feeling the pressure, it, it could be curtains early. So this game, to me, is going to be a line of scrimmage game to come down to pressure. Obviously, there's so much talent on the outside. There's like pro bowlers and all pros littered on offense on both teams. So like, like talent wise, I should say, and obviously not everyone can make it, but yes, I completely agree with you. That game's going to be fun. Uh, since we've kind of blended in the lions with the Packers and the 49ers game, I do want to shout out the bucks real quick. I think they had a very good season. I think Baker Mayfield deserves a contract. There'll be three years, roughly around a hundred million. I would pay him that if I'm a bucks fan, I do think, because he's not going to be a, a wildly expensive quarterback. If you build a team around him, 
I don't think he's like a Super Bowl quarterback in the sense, but like just like how Jared Goff was on the Rams. I don't say Jared Goff was a Super Bowl quarterback, but if you give him a good enough team, we know Baker's not going to fold under the pressure. He absolutely did not fold against the Lions. Made one bad throw, but he also had to try to drive the ball, uh, try drive him downfield. Understood, understandable. But so I, I think that Baker could be a quarterback on a Super Bowl caliber team. It just the team has to be top notch. It can't be like a mediocre team. But again, this team I mean, that I we thought was going to be, I was top notch. I don't. Oh I'll no, I Super Bowl. Oh no, 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 not at all. But I mean, like. I just mean like they've got to have like more. There's some teams that are better than other teams, clearly. Like I just think that they've got to be like the Eagles team last year. Like they were just elite everywhere. And then sometimes like there's been teams where have been, oh, they have a very, very good offense, but their defense is okay, but they make the plays when they need to kind of thing. Like the Eagles team last year was much better than the Bengals team that played the Rams. Or not much better, but they were a better team. The, the, you have the right breaks, you get lucky and things like that. But So I think Baker needs to be on one of those kind of teams where like everything's going for him, he'll make the right plays. But he did lead them to the divisional round this year where they shouldn't have been, shouldn't have been, quote-unquote. So shout-out to him, shout-out to the Bucks organization. They're doing well post-Brady. Hey, this this team's not far off. I mean, they've got offensive weapons, uh, and they've got we'll a see good see if Mike defense. Evans stays now. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah I mean, they need – if you want to say offensive line help, if you want to give yeah. me that to give Baker more time. I mean, you got everything. I mean, Baker's not, Baker's not, in, you know, obviously the Allen Mahomes. He's not an elite quarterback, but he's a pretty good quarterback. Uh, he can throw you into games. I mean, this has been my thing. Like we talk about with quarterbacks, like I'm not in love with Baker Mayfield as far as just like as a top tier prospect. Right. But when you compare him to someone like Jalen Hurts, who gets a lot of shine, Jalen Hurts can't throw you back into a game down 14. Baker Mayfield absolutely can. So, yeah, you keep you get some more young talent on that defense because Bulls had that defense playing really well, really sound football. Uh, you get him some younger weapons. Maybe you can spare Mike Evans here and there if he does come back because he is getting a little older, but he still can clearly has no problem torching defenses. Uh, you know, maybe just get him one more weapon, get another running back too to go with uh, to go with White. Yeah, you're formidable. You know, I mean, you're more than formidable right there. And uh, you're in a weak ass NFC South, which, by the way, Belichick, as we're speaking, is still not signed to the Falcons. Still might be looking at a team in the playoffs. Who knows where Belichick goes? So, I mean, that could be. That could be something long term for Baker and the Bucks. You know, if they keep it going, I mean, they they've got the pieces. They built well upon what Brady left. Uh, obviously, Brady didn't have the greatest season last year with them. So, yeah, no, it's all right there. It's just a matter of can you keep it going? Can you sustain it? Can you build? Can you add weapons? Can you add to your defense? Uh, if they can do that, then, yeah, they're as dangerous as anybody. Of course, yep. with the NFL, with everything, it's a schedule game. It's very much a schedule game. I mean, look at the Eagles from last year to this year. Part of that is schedule. A big part the- of why they're in the Super Bowl last year was schedule, of course, along with Brock Purdy being injured. But a huge part of that was their schedule. Yeah, so I was going to say, it's the same thing with the Lions this year. The Lions didn't win the division, but we saw them have talent, so they had a lighter schedule. Um, so they were able to obviously propel. Next year, they're going to have a tougher schedule, and then a team, again, that we mentioned before, like the Packers, are going to have a lighter schedule, so we think they might be able to win the division. Or 
Uh, again, we don't know what the Bears are going to do if they either get Caleb or if they decide to stick Justin in pieces. Like, regardless of what they do, they're going to be interesting. So it's all really a schedule game. It's all that's where it first starts. But from there, you got to play and offensive line help and defensive backing help, which Tampa's always really needed. I mean, with Tom, they had offensive line, which is why they're able to do it, and their defensive backs played well later in games. So. Last year they did not. That was a true. Oh no no no! I meant I meant their Super Bowl year. Their last oh, yeah, yeah. year, the, the last year, the line was not good, and then defensively, the defensive back and core got torched. Like they, the thing about the Bucks is they were the scariest when they had a lead. It was kind of like what you saw with the Cowboys this season. Is when the Cowboys got a lead, then you can get Micah going downhill, and that's when your corners are making picks. That was how the Bucks played. Like if you got down ten on them, it was kind of it was curtains from there because you got Shaq Barrett, you had JPP coming downhill, Vita Vey in the middle, and then there's Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, uh, Antoine Winfield. That that was when they were making plays. But when you're not, you saw Cooper Cup heading down the middle of the field 60 yards when you just tried to come back and win the game just put put them in other misery so yeah but uh yeah i think the bucks are in a good spot really like where the lions are 49ers are the afc championship week hopefully it lives up to the divisional as i said the divisional usually is typically is almost the best week of the year for football wise and it did not disappoint at all it's not one game I hated watching. Even the Ravens game that ended up getting, it was still 10-10 at halftime. It was close, and you were still like, can Lamar do it? And then he did it. So it was nice to watch. Yeah, it was It was a great weekend. I mean, you know, that first game happened, you're like, damn, it was a blowout, but Lamar took over. That was fun to watch. Yep. Can't wait for this game. I feel like, do feel like the Packers can uh, can stay with the Niners, and if not, it's, you know, if the Niners have a blowout, it's usually fun to watch too. And we got yeah. a great one. We get to, we got to see the Niners put to the test. Niners showed why they are a championship team, championship esque team, championship worthy team. And I remember texting you guys in the group chat after. I'm like, yo, we got two more games tomorrow. Like, I cannot wait. And boy, did it deliver. Because yeah, Lions and Bucks was great all the way through. Uh, really clean game. Like it wasn't. That was weird. It was a playoff game, but you very much felt like you didn't really. I don't know. The Bills and Chiefs was very much unpredictable. Like, you felt the tension. You felt all that. Wasn't much tension in the building with the Lions and Bucks, which is weird given that it was the Lions. And you're like, but okay. It was a very, but it was like a lot of excitement. It was like joy it was a lot of excitement. in the building. Yeah, it, it, was, was, a, it, was, it was a party in there. That's, that's the like, weird part. I'm surprised how well Detroit's, like, they're very much happy to be there, which makes sense. It's literally been since 91 or 92 when they last advanced. So that was their fucking second home game in years. And... They didn't get tight. Like even when the Bucks got close, and when the Bucks were trying to make it a game uh, late in the fourth quarter, they didn't get tight. And then, no. uh, oh, it was a very fun atmosphere. It looked for a second like the Bucks really could have had a chance at it. I mean, they were down eight. I don't agree with that two point decision. I never really agree with that decision when you're down what fourteen or down eight to go for two yep. there. And you, I've never liked that decision. Uh, it seems like to me more often than not. It just turns out unsuccessful. Like I feel like I've seen way more times where you don't get the two point conversion to go when you wanted to, especially on that first attempt. So, mm-hmm. 
This is crazy. This is the second time that the Lions have made the conference championship ever. (laughs) It's uh, I mean in the Super Bowl in the Super Bowl era. It was in ninety one. Oh, they did I mean, make it to the NFC Championship. Yeah, as I was say, the first, the Lions' first wow. and only appearance in the conference championship game was after the '91 season. It was in that '91 season, finished twelve and four. Um, yeah, so Damn. they've made it literally one other time in the Super Bowl era because then before it was like they said, like between thirty-five and fifty-seven, they made the championship game four times. So shout out to pre-Super Bowl championship time, but like this is. This is historic. They killed. This, the this is the first time this century. Era. This is the first time this century we've seen a Detroit team win a game past week sixteen or week seven or week seventeen or week eighteen. This is crazy. This is fun. And the one thing, the one thing though, that about this team that I know is going to happen is they're going to fight. That's all that matters. They're going to come. They ready to play. They could lose, and maybe the moment is too big for them, whatever. I don't think it will be. Or they, they could absolutely lose the game, but they're going to come out energized. They're going to come out fired up. If there's one thing Dan Campbell can do, it's he's going to fire up this team. <laughs> this team will be ready to play. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think, I think whatever happens Sunday, you're going to get an explosive game. There's no way you got Niners, you got Lions. I don't expect. Granted, we said the same thing about uh, the late season Dallas game. You would have thought that mm. was going to be a shootout and it ended up being a defensive battle. Yeah. But I truly don't see any way no one gets to 24 here, like in that game. Uh, yeah. I would. I mean, I'm not going to give you my score, but I mean, I would expect something in the 31-28 realm if it's close. And yeah. if it's a blowout or if it's a distance game, I would expect something like 34-24 each way. Each way, I do. There's no way in hell. But then again, we could have said the same thing about Packers Niners. We would have thought that was going to be a little more high scoring too. But yep, these are two. You could very well say the two best offenses in the league and Lions and Niners. So we should see fireworks. I hope we see fireworks. Doesn't Those look complete like, offenses for sure. Definitely, they have they have everything you need. Offensive line, great quarterback can get like the quarterbacks are the biggest concern on each of their teams. And I don't think either quarterback is bad. So I was not say, yeah, I, I don't even, goal. I don't even know if that's fair to even say about golf. I think golf has solidified himself as oh, way no, above I, a question mark, you know? Oh no. I mean, like, I don't think he is a question mark, but I think that if you're ranking position groups, I would say that he would be the worst rank of their position groups offensively. I think their running back core with Gibbs and Montgomery's better. I think their offensive line's better, and then the receiving core is a little better. I and I don't think mm. that it's bad. I'm just saying, like, that's tough. Everything to say. else, everything else, I would say would be honestly. I think their rushing attack's about an A minus. I think you can have a better one, but about an A minus, roughly like a 92. I think their offensive line's at A, and I think their receiving group is in at least an A minus. And then I have Jared Goff at a B plus. So I don't I'd think have it's to think like about that. I'd have to think about that. It putting, is interesting, but I think it, but I, when you put it that way, when you say Jared Goff is the weak link of their offense, it's, it's hard just, to say because it feels like he makes them go too. You, I don't think, yeah. I don't know if it's much like a Shanahan offense where if you put, uh, let's say Browning, let's say Browning from the Bengals, if you put him in there, are you still getting an explosive offense? Maybe, maybe not. That kind of thing. We'll so see how know. good Ben Johnson is when he's a head coach, and if that's the case, then maybe we'll know more. But I would say that he is the weak, but I'd also say like the same thing with the 49ers, but we know like 
I'd say that one's more clear cut. That one's more. I said that one's more clear cut because like their running backs. Goff's actually been to a Super Bowl. Yeah, Goff's actually been to a Super Bowl. Receiving cores an A at least. Their offensive lines at A, depending on like the A minus A roughly, and then Jared Brock Purdy can play at an A level, but I'd probably say he's a B, like a higher B, like an eighty six. I have Jared Goff at like an eighty nine. If I had to put ratings on them for like what I'm talking about right now. Um, so I'd say mm-hmm. Goff's a little bit better, but not by a whole lot. So B to B plus. But then I think that if you take both of them off, the 49ers are better. But I do think if you're going to compare them to any other team, the Lions would be right there with them. They have an all pro at wide receiver. They have all pro caliber at tight end. They have their dual back set together is close to Christian McCaffrey. I'm, they're no one's Christian McCaffrey right now, but they're close to Christian McCaffrey the way Gibbs has the, the explosiveness he has, how Montgomery runs between the tackles. So, I would have to give Goff at least an A minus. But you know what? If you want to say him, that, I would have to give know. him at least a ninety-one. I would have okay. to give him that. Okay. Especially if you, I, I don't hate it. If you uh, if you couple the last two years in Detroit for him this year and last, like it would have to be there. He's been, he's not upper upper echelon, but he's he's. If Baker like Baker's a B plus to me. Baker is like a textbook B plus to me. Okay. And okay. So say, if that's your see, I have him a little. I'd have him at like, I think that him and Brock would both be like high Bs. So if you so if you have Baker at a B plus, then I would have Jared Goff. I think we have the same. I would have Purdy have below. Little, I'd probably have Purdy below Baker. Just as I a, don't hate it. Just as a it. someone who, like, if Purdy didn't have the weapons around him, I don't think he's as good as he is now. But I also don't think he's a fucking like bum either. You know, mm-hmm. I think he's. I mean, it's hard to say. It really is hard he's, to say. He's we someone you would love to see. He was someone you would love to see on a good team, but not a great team. Like you would like to see. I can't even think of a team purely off the top of my head, but like just a team that's like, okay, he's not. You have to actually play the quarterback position well to to get this team to go well. I can't think of a team off the top of my head. I wish I could. Actually, like the, the Bucks team. Actually, the Bucks. Honestly. The Bucks would be. I mean, the Bucks have weapons, but like they don't have Kyle Shanahan. Going, but you have Mike Evans. You have Chris Godwin. Trey Palmer's good. Rashad White's pretty good, but they're not Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle. So, uh, if you just switched Baker and Brock Purdy, the Forty ers are in the same spot. I don't know if the Bucks are in the same spot. Exactly. Exactly. So, so I don't. So I don't hate it. Yeah, I, I cannot that. wait to uh, to talk about these games. <clears throat> the further we go, uh, Thursday we should have Tim and Brandon, at least one of them, I would say. Yeah, so I would say. that'll be more fun as well to talk Again, about that. Hope, I, hope, I don't like I talking health, one with you. Hope the health of um, Tim is okay. Like, so I saw he was on Facebook <laughs> and things. Like, so I hope I, I hope, hope he's okay. Good. I hope yeah. Tim's all good. I hope he's all good. He, I, mean, I yeah, do too. He, I do know. I do know. We started a new job yesterday, so that could be. That he could be, be tired. That's right. He could be tired, and uh, I know this is uh, obviously we're talking football on this one, but I have to mention Embiid seventy in town, sixty two in a loss. Those two games were crazy. I didn't even watch the full. I didn't even really get to watch the highlights and thing, but just the fact that I, because I I dozed off. Kyle was here. I got up. I looked. He's like. Yeah, um, Towns is trying to rival Embiid's 70. I was like, wait, Embiid had 70? What are you talking about? And he was like, 
yeah. <laughs> yeah, 70 and Towns is at 62. I was like, oh, oh, okay. That's what the NBA is doing to me right now. I got you. <laughs> I was, I was okay. lightly keeping along, and I saw Embiid had 24 in the first, and then I saw he had 34 total in the first half. I was like, cool. Like, and I was looking along, and it seemed like they were winning – by a decent amount, like some t- somewhere between 10 and 18. Mm-hmm. And then I saw he had 59 in the third. And I was still at work at this point. So I'm like, all right, like he's got 59. Like he must be, I forget who they played exactly. It wasn't the Pistons because the Bucks had the Pistons. Spurs. I know it was a lesser team. Spurs, that's right. I knew it was a lesser team. So I'm like, all right, they must be up by a lot. So like, I doubt he's getting run in the fourth quarter. And the next thing I know, it was about the time I got home. I get a notification. Oh, and beat goes off for 70. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? And then I see one of my group chats popping off. They're talking about, oh, Kat's trying to match him. And then I look and he's got 40 in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Ended up being, I think he had 58 going into the fourth. And he was he was on a heater. He ended up with 10 threes. I think he was 10 of 14 from three. 10 of yeah. 15 probably after that game winning attempt. Um, so yeah, he had... Somehow, 62 in a loss, in a losing effort, and beating the Sixers got a win. <laughs> he had 62, and his plus minus was zero. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's funny. It's just like, typically, obviously, if you're going to have that kind of game, you'll see. Um, this is also, like, Embiid's was at least plus 11. Um, I do want to shout out, I know this wasn't a six, I was just not a 62 or a 70-point game. Uh, did you see Caitlin Clark get tackled by that um, Ohio State fan? So yeah, they like say, collided. They yeah, I, I, I saw say, that. Much, I saw that. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, there was just a fun fact of it, it made me think because obviously it's not seventy, but on that level, it's kind of semi similar to what it would be. She has she's zero and three when she scores forty five plus. I think that's crazy. An <laughs> that is a very interesting stat because she had forty four. <laughs> Against South Carolina in a win, but like forty-five plus, she's always had she scored and, one more. That's what would have happened. I guess. I was gonna say, if she scored one more, it was all over for her. But yeah, I can't wait for. I'm actually getting into the men's show. Got a show with Believe, and I'm doing watching Miami basketball more. So I'm I'm excited for the men's tournament. I'm also excited for the women's tournament as well. I think that the with that, I'm I'm talking men's and women's hurricanes. So tune in, tap into that. But I'm very excited for the tournament, and then I'm excited for basketball i'm excited for but first we got to get to we got to get to super bowl first (laughs) then my excitement will go from seven to eleven but like let's get to the super bowl first because my definitely looking forward to uh the women's tournament that's for sure i think that's gonna be fireworks between yukon you got lsu obviously coming back and then you you know you get your staples as far as uh south carolina's killing it um Hannah Hildago and Notre Dame's interesting. She's averaging six steals a game. She's putting up like 25, six, and six with steals. Um, Virginia Tech. Like, I, I could go on a rant right now about women's college basketball. It's in a great place. But, and they have. It very ta- much like, seems to be. The top. Like, and there's obviously talent like below it, but the top 20 teams right now. I feel like 14 of them could be represented almost in the final four if they get the right draw. Like there's a lot of teams right now that are that are cooking, uh, UCLA, NC State, as we mentioned, Iowa, LSU, UConn, uh, Virginia Tech, 
uh, as I was talking about before Notre Dame. Like, there's just so many good women's teams right now. So shout out to them. And the WNBA has got a lot of talent coming within the next four years and is only going to grow from there. Shouts to the Stanford women's head coach. I feel like this hasn't got as much press as it should. She is, her name's Tara Vanderveer. Mm-hmm. I think I got the name correctly. Uh, she's the all-time winningest head coach in D1 history now. She passed Coach K for total wins. And I feel like it was just kind of mentioned and breezed upon. I mean, granted, I don't, I don't watch the worldwide leader as much, nearly as much anymore. But just on the Twitterverse, I didn't see much about it. Just on, you know, the internet in general, I didn't see too much about it. And I guess, you know, I understand women's college basketball maybe isn't as... I feel like women's college basketball actually is bigger than men's college basketball at oh, this it, point. Literally, at last from year... my vantage point. Last year flipped it. So, like, last year absolutely It's definitely got more it. star power. Like, that's undeniable. That's undeniable. It, last year uh, flipped it 100%. Um, because you have... And then also, I didn't mention Stanford, but Stanford with Cameron Brink, who's possibly going number two in the WNBA draft, and this draft class is crazy. But, like, Zach Eady for Purdue is probably your top three best player in college basketball right now on the college basketball. Obviously, he might not be, like, a top draft pick. I actually think he's projected to be in, like, the second round. But, you know, in college, there are sometimes those players who are actually really good in college, but they're not going to translate to the pros because the game's different. So he's, like, a top three player. And he's a post guy and he's not like he's just really fundamentally sound, but he's not like wow fun. Whereas like Caitlin Clark literally pulling up from 30 at any point is wow fun. And you have Paige Beckers, you have Angel Reese who's talking her talk, Haley Venlith who's literally willing to talk with anybody and jaw with any like there's just so much more there really is more star power in the women's game. And I the play. And Mar- that's why March Madness is going to be great because sometimes when you watch them play lesser teams, you're like, okay, this is kind of like they're, you're just watching just to see how much they beat them by. But then you're going to watch like a lot of star power go against each other. No, obviously it's March Madness, so anything can happen. But truly, the Sweet 16 and on is going to be true talent where like almost every team feel you feel like can get to the final four as long as it unless you have your cinderella teams which every year you're gonna have one or two you mentioned like you know if it's a blowout like how bad it can get in the tournament yeah do you see that grambling state recently beat a team i think it was like a <laughs> so like a texas christian school it was 159 to 18 i didn't but I also, oh my god! Sorry, I didn't. college, college of biblical studies. Oh, which sounds, which sounds, which sounds <laughs> oh. like a fake school. That no, that's like not a, even, that's not real. I don't. Yeah, Grambling uh, took care of business to say the least. One fifty-nine to eighteen. Sounds yeah, like it could have been a shutout, honestly. So it sounds like it should have been a shutout, is what it sounds like. But they got eighteen but, somehow. Like, um, like Texas. Shout out to the Texas women. They played high point. They won 101 to 39. Like, why are we scheduling them against high point? The first game of the season, they won 80 to 35. They held a team to 35. It was like when we did those 2K seasons and we we're like, okay, let's see how the greatest players of all time can hold just like the Hornets. It's like, oh, we held the Hornets to four in the second half. It's like, okay. Four points. Yeah. Four. Oh, man. Now we're rambling, but that's fine. That's what a podcast is for. True Are you that. good? Is True there that. anything else you want to talk about? We can about? indeed hear Keenan was talking about. <laughs> we got to goddamn, not just women's college basketball, but deep 
cuts of women's college basketball. Grambling State, that's a that's a black college. So we got into black college basketball somehow. Women's mm-hmm. black black schools college basketball. So yeah, we're we're into the deep cuts for sure. Um, yep. That's all I have. We will be back Thursday. We will be back with at least one of Tim Gray, Brandon Petty, fan favorites. Again, so hopefully for his health. Listen. <laughs> yeah, right. Hopefully Tim's okay. Uh, we'll be back Thursday predicting the championship Sunday games. I cannot wait for championship Sunday. Uh, mm-hmm. Day before my birthday, by the way, which is like Ooh. perfect. It's perfect. Cannot wait. Uh got trade deadline coming if we're talking nba we got all-star weekend coming if we're talking nba after that it's the stretch run for the nba regular season that leads us directly into the playoffs so we got a lot of things coming obviously we got the draft too for nfl so we've got a lot of fun things heading our way this spring i know we're dead in the middle of winter but guess what spring's gonna be here in a blink of an eye before we know it uh yep listen keenan great talking to you catch us on live take Mia at Castro, Keenan at Keenan Warner. Catch us on TikTok. Catch us on YouTube. Catch us on Instagram. All at Warner Brothers Podcast. We'll be back Thursday. Peace. Like